0: Welcome to episode 10 of Bastard Pastors. It's which is Confucius's Ooh. favorite spiritual. Do you podcast. Google those like right before we start? Or <laughs> yes. do you do that ahead of time? Oh I'm running out. I think next we have uh, uh so we should make a Alexander like... Ham- Alexander Hamilton and that's it. <laughs> we should make a or you could do his
1: like the girl he fathered with a slave. Oh, she that's right.
2: would be his bastard child. Ooh, keep going.
1: <laughs> we should do a famous website a website of famous bastards. We should. Do we a should. Ooh, merchandise.
0: Famous bastards. A yes. Twitter feed of famous bastards. This uh, Alexander Hamilton's picture. Things. Bastards. I love bastard bastards. Things bastards say. <laughs> um, well, today is a little bit different. We sat down with world-renowned Walter Brugemann
2: for I think us. It's Brueggemann.
0: Is it Brueggemann? I think so. I know, but it's like the mon with two "ns." Yeah, he's, he's a dude from the Midwest. Maybe. Bruggemann, uh, which I, had, I called him Mr. Mr., and you called him the Doctor, and I was like, I oh, did. great. <laughs> uh, super fun. Uh, we went to go meet him for lunch before we podcasted, and... At his request. Jason almost hit him with I, the car. I totally almost hit him with the car in the parking lot. <laughs> we, we peeled around the parking lot because we were running late, and I was going to hop out, and Jason was going to go buy a microphone real quick. Because I forgot the microphone, and we <laughs> slammed on brakes. It almost it, hit. was right there.
1: a <laughs> I almost ended a brilliant career of one of the most, the foremost <laughs> scholars of the Bible in the world.
0: Although what a story that would have been! We went to go podcast with this guy and we <laughs> killed
1: him. In a we could interview with the EMTs. Yes. <laughs> hey, can we still talk to him? Can while he's we the still green? like we're a couple. An hour, man, is all we need.
0: Uh, it, it was a great conversation. He's a super brilliant guy. He's written super uh, awesome books.
1: He's also super He's one of the reasons when we look at the way we do ministry, it's because of dudes like him. Dudes like him have set the standard, I think, for how followers of Jesus are supposed to, especially interpret the scriptures and then act on them. And he's a breath of fresh air in the world today that's filled with awfulness.
0: And he lives in Cincinnati.
1: He lives in Cincinnati. But he, pay attention to how political he was. I was amazed at how... How quickly he would bring up politics and how quickly he was. I mean, to our waitress, he kept telling her that she had to vote for Hillary. Like, he wasn't even polite about it. Like, and he wasn't rude about it either, no, but awesome. just direct. This is what you have to do. So, um, this is our interview with uh, Walter Brueggemann. All
0: right, should we uh, film our. Good. All right, so we are here with Walter Brueggemann who, uh, how many books have you written? I actually tried to look up a bibliography online and I, I lost count. It
2: depends on what you count, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, what? People what? say a hundred, but 100? I don't
0: know. A hundred? Yeah. So. I've written zero, so. Well, I'm there. that would
2: mean uh, average 50. <laughs> there you go. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh,
0: so I want to start off with two stories because I think they're funny. Um, and I don't know if you remember, um, mm-hmm. it was probably four years ago Way longer. It was a long time. We were four or five years yeah, we ago. We started the church. Um, I had a Bible study at my house, and we would just pick regular, uh, you know, just pick books and go through them. And so we had your was a real small Psalms commentary that you did, yeah, uh, which we actually we preached through as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we finished it. And our Bible study was really heavy around the meal. Like my wife's a good cook, and we would do this giant meal, and and then we would just kind of have loose talk around the table. Um, So, I was like, I'll send an email, because I heard you were in town, um, to Mr. Brueggemann and ask him if he would like to come and have dinner with me and my wife, and so we can all say, hey, we just read your book, and I sent you an email, and you were like, "Uh, I appreciate the offer, but no. So then, uh, I was like, all right, fair enough. Um, and then everyone was making fun of me, like, well, he wasn't really gonna come. That guy's getting paid to speak. Why would he come to your house? And I was like, yeah, for free, yeah. And so then I ran into you at a bar when you were doing the uh, the theology talk, and yeah. me and you have a selfie together, oh, well, all right. which I guess you did not know. <laughs> um, and let's see, I don't know if the date is on here, but it was like it was a long time ago. Yeah, I remember. And so me and you have a history good. together good. and then uh and then so then i asked if you would be on the podcast and i was like "Eh, he's gonna say no yeah. but he said yes so yeah, it's just yeah. built over time yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i did my i well, log i in.
2: protect my evenings when my wife is home but which is the day, very good, do yeah. good so.
1: yeah. whereas i if somebody offers me free meal i say yes I just show. If there's a meal ball, more so if there's a beer. But if there's a meal bomb, I'm going to be there, and you're gonna want me to leave at some point.
0: We were just actually on the way over here um, after lunch. We were talking. He, we were saying like, oh, what would it look like for someone who has written so much and who has thought so much for to come to our church? And we were like, oh, we'd probably just make him preach like all the time. <laughs> and then uh, and we were like, oh, what if he wouldn't want to? And Jason, Jason goes, which is totally true well, I'm just gonna repeat what you've already written down anyway. Because <laughs> I think that, I was like, isn't that weird that like, we have probably like, preached to other people things that you've written, uh, which to me is very odd and it's very... Uh, yeah.
2: Well, was, somebody said that Adam in the Garden of Eden was the last guy that said anything original. <laughs> Everybody else is just repeating. Just repeated.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a big deal. and we, I've said for a long time, when I got my master's degree... in in biblical studies my church doesn't care if i have a master's degree like nobody cares there's there's no denominational pressure to move up but it was one of the things that i that i felt like if i'm going to to call people to a new way of thinking about jesus i had better have some background or credentials for reason to say that like if i'm going to ask you to think a new thought which is hard for people it's not something i just made up i could say Dr. Brugman made this up, call him. <laughs> if, you if you don't like what I just said. I didn't
0: say doctor earlier, was that offending? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Mr. Tate. was hey, not on my <laughs> um, So one thing I, since we only have a little bit of time, would love to talk to you about or just hear or have a conversation about is, um, I think, especially after reading the prophetic imagination, uh, and hearing you talk about that and hearing some of the other things you've talked about over town, is uh, maybe where you see the role of like the modern pastor, like the modern everyday I work at a church or I'm ahead of a Christian community. Yeah. Like, because I feel like it's evolved or it's evolving or maybe becoming yep. something different. Yeah. So, anyways, do, just initial thoughts on that.
2: Well, uh, to, to, uh, continue the trajectory of prophetic imagination, which is sort of what I do.
0: Well, I, I, why don't you define, just in case, I'm sure beyond, what you mean when I say prophetic well, imagination? Well, prophetic
2: imagination is the name of uh, one of my early books. And by prophetic imagination, I mean that in the Old Testament, the prophets imagined the world uh, out beyond of the world that is commonly taken for granted. And they do that in poetic ways that they say are inspired. And to continue that, I think that we live increasingly in a closed economic technological system uh, that does not want and is not able to think outside of that closed system. And I think it is the pastoral work of the church to empower people to imagine outside of the closed system, Hmm. which I think is exactly what Jesus' parables aimed to do. The closed system that he lived in was a combination of Roman power and Jewish religion, which gave you a package of order and certitude, Hmm. and his parables continued to disrupt that, and I think that is our work. I think the, uh, the uh, concentration of wealth and power in the hands of an oligarchy, uh, I think we are drifting toward fascism in our country for, for which Donald Trump is a convenient front man, mm. but it would be happening without reference to Donald Trump mm. in which the system grows more and more closed so if you want to make it in our society you have to accommodate those values and horizons and I think it is the work of the church uh, it is the news of the gospel uh, that our futures are not contained in that closed system right. that there are other gifts uh, that are being given uh, that we have to receive so that's it's in one think. of
1: my one of my theories about Christianity is that, and Christianity in America is that America doesn't confront in direct conflict most uh, any force that would be subversive to it, but instead it co-ops that force. That's right. And so that's why you can buy a shank wear a t-shirt. Now the anti-capitalist is now a capital product. Right. Bob Marley is the same way. Like, go to any college campus, and I make fun of my friends, who's, they like Bob Marley because they could smoke weed and dance to it. Okay. This is hyper-political and hyper-religious music, and you just reduced it to party music and, and right. done the damage to it. and and then the ultimate conclusion coming to the place where the church has been co-opted by the state that's in right. a lot of ways that's right. because it was a threat to the state at one point. That's right. So what
2: happens if you if you uh, try to do that, you get put on a talk show and then you become
1: a part of it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Uh, so when I hear that, I want to throw up my fist and say, yes, that's so right. But the questions that pop in my head are, the the what and how so a and so if for Jesus' time it was uh, the Jewish uh, temple cult or um, Roman rule that was that closed fist um, what what is it specifically do you see in our world that you think man the church needs to be um, opening up their their world to this
2: well I, I think it's uh it's, it's complex, I think it's a package of uh, white supremacy, um, US exceptionalism, and the monetization of social relationships, mm. in which everything is costed out, so there are no free gifts right. for anyone. Right. And, and I think that combination is so difficult to critique, and it's so difficult to imagine outside of that system because we are all so contained within it.
1: Right. Well, does something you just got out of seminary. Seminary doesn't train you to do that. Seminary trains you to teach and to maintain the system. And, to, That's right. and, and everything we value is, is systematic, right? We value committees and we value agendas. I, I came from a Presbyterian background where Jesus would have had to have met with our subcommittee to then ask the session right. for time on the docket. Right. Right. Because we would value order. It's Martin Luther Kings, the white moderates who value order above all other things. That's right. that's
2: right. And then and that's what we're trained
1: to do. I'm trained what? to teach just like a just like a and not only
0: that, I feel like the past the pastor became a paid position that's right. Which For is not horrible. But yep. I remember the just leaving Bible college, I was twenty one, just spent two years in Greek studies and learning all this stuff and learning like man, there are new ways to think about stuff. Got to a church where I was a youth pastor and started like teaching kids, like, oh, what about this? What about this? I quickly realized that if I want to get paid, yeah, I gotta stop gotta doing do this that. thing. That's right, total on. And I my question for other, like, some of my old seminary professors or other people I meet was, like, well, what do you do with this thing, this knowledge that you feel like you have?
2: Yeah,
0: or maybe a thought on Jesus, the scripture, or things that you feel privy to, but. That's not popular to talk about, or that doesn't, uh, no one wants to hear it. Yeah, for us, the answer was go plant your own church.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but, uh, Speaking of, uh, of what you just said, do you know how the church is like a, a football game? No, they are both a series of committee meetings interrupted by spasms of violence. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that was definitely true. The Presbyterian <laughs> Church that I worked at,
1: <laughs> and we had to have extra meetings to talk about the meetings and stuff. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about that role that you're talking about is what, at least in my experience, there is a difference between sort of the prophetic role in calling power to account versus the pastoral role of leading people towards new ways of thinking. Right. Hmm. And they have very different tactics to them. Okay. Like if I'm going, I could, I could stand up and rant and rave about yeah. injustice in the world, and I do. Yeah. Yeah. But if I do that in a heavy-handed or if I do that in the wrong tone or with the wrong words to the wrong people... They're just going to shut me out. That's correct. Because the system rewards them for shutting me out. Right. That's right. right? That's, it, that's, it's easy that's to that's ignore me. Exactly right. Yep. And so it's been the thing that I probably struggle with the most is, and we've talked about this. How do you move as a pastor? You have these social justice ideas or these ideas of what God's mercy and God's justice call people to. Right. How do you move a whole group of people with you right. and yeah. not just because?
0: I mean, that's what's interesting about our church is that we have. We don't have the fights, we don't have the violence, uh, 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 you know, arguments, and That that that's all gone. But, I do find it very frustrating or hard to get a group of people who have come together because of the commonality of Christian or Jesus, but then get them to that spark that says, and this is what we're called to, or this is what's going on, right. because they're only going, they, they love us, they really like us. And but. There's going to be a moment where they're like, eh, I'm not going that far. That's right. Like, That's right. oh, yeah, I, I hear you. We yeah. should, but I'm not doing that. Or I'm not going to show up. Or even, and, it's yeah. cool if you do. Yeah, it's, it's cool great if you, you do. You as
1: the representative of That's the church, right. you That's as the right. professional. It's, if you want to go to a protest, go to a protest. That's great. We're not going to put time into that. Right. We've got busy schedules. and I, The tough. joke example is when my computer breaks, I call one person, they put me on hold and transfer me to somebody else. But, and we'll do that 30 to 40 times so that you never get to a point where you're actually can find a person responsible. Right. You cannot Absolutely. get the thing fixed because nobody's responsible. That's right. And I feel like that's where we've gotten prophetically or culturally is that there's a lot of things to be fixed. The problem is so complex that we don't know how to do it. And I understand now why the Desert Fathers emerged early in church that's history, right. to just throw their hands up and be done with it. That's right. We're done with all of this. We can't beat right. it. We
0: leave. Well, I mean, that's one right. Sunday, I even just brought up the notion, it was just a side comment that, hey, our identity isn't as Americans, but as Christians, and this one dude was like, the hell with this, and yeah. got yeah. up and la- walked <laughs> out yeah. of the church. It <laughs> yeah. was like, I wasn't even trying to say anything crazy. I just yeah, but that was... Yeah,
2: U.S. exceptionalism. Right. Yeah.
1: Just... Well, and it's hard, just to get people to turn that... And my guess is the first the first step is getting people to be able to be introspective.
0: To so, get people right. to think
1: about and talk about themselves right. and to be okay being critical of themselves.
0: Yep. Yep. How would you say that we do this, though? How do we... <laughs>
2: Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't...
0: So if you had a blank canvas, which I feel like in some ways a lot of newer, or smaller churches can be a blank canvas Yeah. to start creating how... Uh, to bring in the prophetic imagination, how, what, what would you do? You well, know,
2: I, you know, I, I don't really know the answer to that question. I, you know, I think, um, I, I think that uh, the, the biblical text itself has to be much more accessible in what's really going on in the text, mm-hmm. whereas most of our preaching traditions kind of mystify it all. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not hard to understand. And I think uh, we need to listen to people's stories because most people's stories are uh, uh, unsettled combinations of um, who I am and where I've been and what I hope for. And what I hope for is something different from who I am and where I've been. Hmm. So then the prophetic question is what what would happen if you would take a first small step toward what you hope for, mm. and you know what everybody hopes for is a peaceable, sustaining neighborhood, mm. which is of course what Amos was talking about. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so you know that's how my mind works about it. Right. The Practically, plan. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I need to rewrite my sermon
0: for this Sunday.
2: <laughs> no, that's. <laughs>
1: Well, so one of the things that we've sort of done is to, we talk a lot about deconstructing pastors, about deconstructing the role of pastor in our community, in our context. We, for a long time, we used like referred to the concept of the anti-hero, like
2: yeah. the Han
1: Solo or the whatever. Yeah. And the pastor, because I'm never gonna be a CEO. I'm never gonna be a CEO. There's, there's a reason I'm in the nonprofit sector. The for-profit sector would never have had me, right? right? I wouldn't right. have fit in there. right? And so we, to, to a degree, we get that. I feel like we get a lot of freedom to be whoever we are in the context that we're in, um, and then to do all of this sort of work in relationship with each other. Like, So if right. I'm at a church of 10,000, I'm a product. Right? right? I have to be up front to be evaluated. Right. And they decide whether they like my sermon or not or my right. good programs. Yeah. But at our church, and we've talked about this before, if I get up and botch it today, people are going to go, oh, he was out late with all of our kids last night. Of course right. he's tired today. Well, right. Whatever yeah. it is. And, and so then, because my guess is, is that if we start even with some of the social justice movements, there gets to be this holier than now sort of notion to it when it says, no, no, I'm I'm screwing this up as bad as everybody That's else right. is. That's right. And then we walk
2: forward together in That's this. Right. Exactly, we're all trapped. Right, we're all trapped. That, uh, um, we're all narcoticized. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, if you have a 10,000 member church, you have to know ahead of time exactly what you're gonna say so it can be put up on the screen. But, right, right. <laughs> somebody somebody asked me for my notes for a sermon the other day
1: from the first sermon we did in First Peter and I was like, Well here's the notes, but here's the audio of it because I didn't say half of this and right. I said a bunch of other things right, that I didn't write right down here. Exactly. I'm just exactly. making it up as I go half the time.
0: The dude who does our like uh, PowerPoint or whatever, it's always every Sunday morning. I'm like, Hey, I need to borrow the computer real quick and put in what I'm gonna do. <laughs> some some Bible verses or something that um, that I might use. Yeah, that I might use. <laughs> if I don't use it, just kind of keep going. <laughs> it's just good for everyone to see. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, so what about specifically in Cincinnati, do you see places where the church needs to do something it's not doing?
2: Well, uh, I told you I was at this modest little protest last night. Obviously, the, the criminal justice system in uh, county is totally out of hand. The uh, poverty level Mm -hmm. for uh, children in our county and all all those kind of things are uh, products of a a skewed, anti-neighborly, unjust political economic system. Where you bite into that is really hard. Mm. This this church, my church, has uh, signed on with the Boys and Girls Club, which is a modest little strategy that you hope you can help uh, children from disadvantaged neighborhoods uh, get a head start about some stuff, but that doesn't affect anything systemic. Right. And uh, this congregation is mightily resistant to any engagement with systemic questions. Mm systemic questions somehow have to be addressed
1: yeah so when i was so i grew up in westchester as white bread as could be yeah i went to miami university which managed to be even more white bread than westchester was and then i was a student teacher in over the rhine and it was the first time in my life i had ever been a minority in the building that i was teaching in and it was the first time i'd ever had multiple black friends yeah and it took a week before my, my opinion started to change on things. Yeah. It was amazing how much breaking through, because my, my advisor in Miami was furious that they would send me to this school to teach because I should be going to a Lakota or a Mason or a Lebanon. the school does yeah. I come from. And he was mad that I got this. And it was amazing how quickly getting outside of the way the system trained me and trajected me to right. stay with folks that I only looked like and knew and thought like, right. immediately my thoughts started to change. Yep. and and that wasn't threatening because I was doing it, and it wasn't in, it was it was in the context of these are people I know and care about. These are right. kids
2: right. that yeah. I that I teach yeah. and I love every right. day,
1: and um, they're not lying.
2: But it set you on a different kind of growth trajectory. Yeah,
1: immediately. And then, and because my, my parents are sort of frustrated with my what they would call my, my radical turn to the left, um, but it was seminary that did that. Like it was studying Jesus in a historical context. That really made a difference. And it's been fun because in our church we've had people that are really open to those ideas. As soon as you say, well, what about Jesus not having a place to lay his head? What does that mean? Like it's not just a pithy saying. That mm-hmm. means a, a man said this to many people.
0: Carpentry, carpentry business isn't going so well, <laughs> It's not going right? so well. <laughs> Um, Not a very good entrepreneurial <laughs> entrepreneur. That's There's why one. failed entrepreneur. <laughs> Ooh, this be your next sermon series. Jesus, the failed entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but I think that part of it is just my personality is okay with, with both failure and uncertainty. So, See, like whereas I,
0: my personality, I hear, all right, got to do something. What can we do? And yeah. then I get stuck with, well, I don't know what to do. Uh, I mean, is it demonstration, is
2: that? Well, I think that community organizing action is is what has to happen. But for people who are not ready to do that, I think the most important thing that the church can do is to have conversations with the other who is Mm. unlike me. Mm. Now that may mean for whites, blacks, it may mean for Christians, Muslims, that was your experience. You got with others. Exactly. Uh, I, I have no doubt. Uh, I, I am a little bit connected to Dart, which is a direct action community organizing thing. I think they're not in Cincinnati. They're okay. in Columbus, and uh, their strategy, they, they work by local congregations. And their strategy, if you can get a congregation to sign on to ask people to go to church 52 Sundays a year and show up one time a year at City Hall. And their experiences is, if you could mobilize 4,000 people at City Hall on one occasion for one issue, you will get some action. Mm-hmm. So what it means is educating people to put, put their baptized bodies with other baptized bodies that becomes a political force. And it, it's, not, it's not really protesting, it's just a mass meeting. Right. Just letting leadership people see all of us together. As, as somebody at a local community
1: council, when people show up, things get done. Right. When people show up, because most of the time you just go along with what's being done because That's right. you're all volunteers, or you're underpaid, you're not, you're not doing yeah. this. It's
0: like, yeah. oh, this is a big
2: deal. This is They're a big deal it. to somebody.
1: There's a lot of noise right. here. We should react. That's
2: right. But Dart is very careful. They don't want to. They don't want to nickel and dime people to death. Mm. We're going to ask you to do this one time a year. Mm. They want you to clear your calendar for that date and show up. Mm. That's cool. That so is actually good. really
0: cool.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I don't. I don't know what the analog would be in Cincinnati. Uh, I, don't, I can't...
1: Well, Cincinnati is such a weird neighborhood, a city, because each neighborhood is so self-contained.
2: But every city is like that.
1: Is it really? Okay, oh, yeah. so I've heard that yeah. Cincinnati is particularly... Well, nice. may be more
2: so. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I don't... I don't... I think... I think people it's been are in living in their neighborhood.
1: So on the community council that I'm on in Oakley... And I'm on the school board for the Oakley Neighborhood School, but the Oakley Neighborhood School is in High Park. Uh-huh. And so there's a very clear dividing line between the two. <laughs> and because I'm on the Oakley Community mm-hmm. Council, my perspective is different than if I were on the High Park Community of Council, course. is what I'm told. Yes. <laughs> um, I believe that. I think they all think I'm just some homeless guy when I walk in and I'm like, I'm here for the meeting. They're like, ah, there's a food pantry down the street, sir. Yes, right. So <laughs> my kids go to school here. <laughs> I'm a respected member of the society. <laughs> um, But it's, Um, all like, it's,
0: well, and that's what I mean, when I ask about the maybe molding role of the pastor is there's so much that it's become of daily maintenance of the church or for us, it's not a building, but it's maintenance of people, maintenance of uh, programs or whatever else is happening. And then you get something where you're like, oh, this is a place where we should stand up or this is a place where we should be a part of something. but. You don't have time, or you're you're tired. You know, you have wives and kids too, and like, and it's that's where I get frustrated. Whereas, where, like, you know, where can I really step in, or where can you know, or if you have one, what
2: what, what I what I think we have to work at, and and it's it's very very difficult, but that we 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 baptize people do not live private lives, so we cannot go home at five o'clock after work close all the windows and pull the blinds down and watch television for the next seven hours. That's not what we do. Mm -hmm. We are public people and we have lots of leisure time. It's just a matter of using it and not using it in the ways that Mm -hmm. our society has defined as normal. It is abnormal to retreat into a private cocoon. Mm -hmm. What is normal is to be engaged in the neighborhood. Right. It's good.
1: Right. But <laughs> I we, we've done some of that instinctively. Like, right, so we didn't have a church building, so we, we set up cell groups all over, the, all over the neighborhood. Right. Expect people to get together. Right. And we have to push back even with someone on our leadership team that just the act of getting together as the body of Christ, is right. an act of worship. What you've done, right. 90%, by showing up, right. you've done 90% of what well, needs to be done.
0: I was telling somebody that they were talking about like the job of pastor, and I was like, well, it never stops, especially because the way our church is very communal. Like Everyone is very tight. Like All my friends, I don't have friends really outside of our church. Yeah. and uh, So trick-or-treating the other night was church work. Yeah. everyone from our church is there one lady wanted to talk about something real serious going on the church there was like a new person kind of hanging out so I had to make sure like okay I'll make sure they're engaged Yes. And, and we're walking the neighborhood and so there's it's always work all the time which is fine I actually that's what I wanted it's the gig. to do it's the gig. that's the gig um, but I just yeah I guess I I keep thinking like oh is there more I should be pushing people towards because that's what I want I want people to yeah. well, on Sundays when we say we get up there and we're like hey this is you know, this is what new creation looks like, and this is how we bring it into now. And yeah. how do we do it? And let's go out there and get them. And yeah. it's more like, yeah, well, that's, that's
1: what the prophetic, like books like the prophetic meditation are so important. Is, is to say, I'm not here to teach you this text and this moral lesson, these kind of things, but to imagine a world past what you can, what you know right now. That's exactly. And right. this is where the Holy Spirit comes. Right, the sure. Holy Spirit gives you the way to to imagine a thing you can't imagine right now. And right now, you can't imagine a way past the. Socialist, the capitalist machine, sort of thing. Right. And if I say to imagine that, people are like, oh, well, then you must be a communist. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, sure, what if there's right. a What if there's a fifth way? What if there's a way right. that I don't know that I don't care to define because right. it's not my definition. Or how of do
0: past? you do it without becoming a resounding gong? Like, all right, we get. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, sure. right. Because I think you mentioned perfect imagination. You say the goal isn't to be like a social, like a crusader, right? As much as there's a way of. Of being part of community and challenging community. And I think that's a hard balance too, is that at some point you just like, okay, we get that you really want us to do this, but yeah, you know, I, and I think that's hard as well. Well that's where
1: you, you do a nice job, like you because you're an artist first. Right. Before you're anything else. And so if you came out uh, of at our church, he's going to, to write a sermon that's gonna circle like this yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I'm gonna write you a geometric proof of A plus B equals C. Right, because we just view the world very differently. Right. Um, but I think that if we're serious about casting a new vision or this new imagination, it's going to come not through laying out proof texts, but through things like arts and experiences and those kind of things. Which is where the monologue sermon dies. Right, the monologue sermon is a it's a modern invention. This is a new thing. Yeah, it's not been with the church the whole time. It won't be with the church forever. It's yeah. it's where it's been useful, praise God. Where it's not. Yeah, it's except
2: here. except that there's a sermon. On a mount doesn't <laughs> doesn't have to be monologic right uh, it can be dialogic with one person talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you do um, know that. Are you familiar with uh, it, it's a new organization town called Bespoken? No. Um, it's a couple of dudes that used to work for the vineyard that don't anymore, uh, but they do these storytelling gatherings uh, that aren't Christian. It's just people from but uh, they. I guess there's a couple in the city where they're using like more like sports figures, celebrities, and lots mm. of people come. But this one's just everyday people telling stories, and they'll give them a four-letter word. Like the one coming up is "home." There was one that was "lost." There's one that was "fool," uh, and then people will tell a 10-minute story, just anyone, uh, women, men, uh, transgender. I, do, I, mean, I mean, all yeah. kinds of stuff. And yeah. what they've experienced is. Rallying around storytelling uh, like people and I went to one and I was like I cried. I laughed really? I like you know, you're buying beers and you're hanging out, but like it's this very cool experience and nothing uh, Upfront spiritual is happening, but something very spiritual is happening. It's uh, See, this new story.
2: felt right at home there. Yeah, there go. <laughs> yeah, he's good at stories. right? Stories. <laughs> right. Um,
0: so a lot of times we've been talking what does church look like if it's more People getting up and telling Talk stories, stories. Yeah. yeah, and that's the problem with the pastor because people in our church, even though we're a younger new church, they would still be like, "Well, we still want the pastor up there
2: talking." That's right. Like that's right.
0: So that's, that's right. where I feel yeah. like the break for churches where we can get excited about things, or we can get into maybe there's a need in our community or a role to be met. Like, uh, I mean, Oakley still has a pretty large homeless population, and we serve at the community dinner yeah. once a month, which is fine but even getting people to show up to the community dinner once a month is like pulling teeth whereas you know someone has a Halloween party and everyone's there, and, know, there. <laughs> and it's great things happen at the Halloween party but uh, no one wants to serve the homeless and yep uh,
1: that confrontation with the other is hard
0: but they like that their church serves the they homes. like that the church serves yes right our right. church has <laughs> served the homeless so and I don't know so that's where uh, I have a uh Physical breakup when I read a book like the prophetic imagination and actually when I read it I actually thought immediately of Jason because he's I feel like he's the prophet of our church who Especially can see injustice and calls it out Um, But then the actual body showing up and doing I I like when you say your baptized bodies showing up And I feel like that's our problem is that we're not showing up
2: because we have been we have been Transposed into being consumers one of the things we consume is television. We consume uh, televised sports. It takes up huge amounts of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's about nothing. It's worse than nothing. It's about violence and sex and money.
0: You would love our friend Tyler. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we would love our friend Tyler. <laughs> He's the one
0: that showed up at the bar that night with questions for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> And <Vic> didn't <and> get <laughs> chance. <laughs> Anyways, no, that's. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like, there's... That's, it's it's such a hard... I mean, and what you said is so simple, right? TV, uh, internet, yeah. phones, yeah. all these yeah. things. But it's that's such a break from our world, right? It's
2: such an illusionary world. When well, we went to... The
1: first time I went to Israel, I wasn't going to have internet access the whole time I was there. And I stressed out. The whole time I'm playing around right over there, I'm like, what... And it was so free by like the second day. I was like, this is amazing. This is great. Yeah. The second time we went, our bus, they'd upgrade all the buses. All the buses had Wi-Fi. And so everybody had internet. Support. Oh, geez. It completely changed the trip. It completely changed. Of course. Right? And so. You couldn't, you couldn't look at what was out the window. For right. You couldn't use the phone. <laughs> um, which I'm guilty of um, more
2: than anybody. I went on a seminary trip to China and two of my colleagues never saw anything because they were busy filming. Oh, right? <laughs>
0: oh, I get mad at my wife for that a lot of times with our family things, cause she, like we uh, carve pumpkins or we'll dye Easter eggs. Well, did you get a picture? We have to yeah, picture oh, yeah. it. And I'm like, hey, these pictures are all just saved on a, do- a file somewhere. We don't even like print them out and put them <laughs> up I'm like, be. Like
2: we don't have to
0: document everything, but. It's a, it's it's a,
2: I think it's a Time Warner ad about, they have this birthday party for this child and this guy, this uh, adult rides the bike around the party and the, the the child whose birthday it is, all she is doing is filming mm. everyone else at her party. Mm. That's that's her party. Yeah,
1: so. but it takes a it takes a lot to imagine. It takes a lot to imagine. That all of our training, every both formal and informal education, and social social pressure of everything push us in one direction. Right. And then the church becomes the one pull, right? The one the one small stream trying to go this way. That's right. Um, and like the, the the real answer for a lot of this is just giving people grace to do it and screw it up. Like That's right. you make people aware, yeah. and the reward like reward, the community rewards yeah. things when they go well, yeah. and you stay with people when they right. when they botch it.
0: Yeah. Or it's like I, as soon as we were thinking of this, I, I immediately thought of Acts and the role of the deacons. Like, oh well, you need to do all this serving work so that you know the apostles can go and. Do the prophetic imagining. Right. Like I was like, we need some deacons at our church these things, so that we can go prophetically imagine. That's that was, such a new concept, right? I just solved it right there. Adam said something new, and me right there. Good, right. You're the second Adam, man. Oh. That's
2: good. I think that's it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. to It's talk an to. honor that you'll be. Well, it's great to this, it thank you for lunch. No, no problem. And I'm so glad to know about your place.
0: Yes, you oh, should yes. come. Red Tree, I say, come. I,
2: my, my My wife gets over there a lot more than I do because her hair, she's all the time
0: over there. Uh, I heard, so in the recession, uh, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, art sales—you know—obviously dropped because yeah. people weren't buying art. Yeah. But they say salons didn't lose a single I'm customer sure they because <laughs> my, people would still pay to get their hair cut. There,
2: if we had to borrow money, <laughs> <us.
0: laughs> yeah, that's—they say they—it uh, was, uh, was something else. It was beer and uh, haircuts. Like people won't.
1: <laughs> I mean, we know two friends who started breweries in that, time,
2: in that, Is that right? time, and they're doing great. Yeah. they're doing great. Speaking of breweries, have you all run across Troy Bronzik?
0: Uh, Oh, is he uh, at? run the hive.
2: Troy, I know that name. He was my student. It's over. Did he just write a book?
0: No. No. Okay, never mind. He.
2: he, uh, There's a place. uh, Do you do you say the West End on Hamilton? Yeah. Uh, There's an old uh, church and a and a manse. And the church is now a brewery. I know that name. And uh, he occupies, or he has part of the manse. Oh, he's running amazing. a thing called The Hive. The Hive. And it's a place, it's an informal place where he's trying to engage young people in huh. issues of faith and stuff I, like that.
0: I feel like, it, what does he look like?
2: Oh, well, he's kind of tall. I, I definitely I feel angular. like i would <laughs> Angular. I think you'd say that. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, that
0: sounds... The High, I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. It's,
1: it's funny because beer has become the thing that young young people who love Jesus but maybe are not deeply connected to church traditions are finding place to carve out in the in the beer world. You, you yeah. met
2: Nancy. Her, mm-hmm. her husband just retired from the State Department, and he is obsessed with brews. Yeah, yeah. That's all he wants to know about. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs>
0: Well, and I, people from outside of Cincinnati that I know, especially down south and on the east coast, they don't get it. Like, when I say, oh, let's just go to a bar, like, well, they immediately think, well, what are you going to do? Something horrible at this bar? And I'm like, no, Cincinnati is just where you go to hang out. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to get...
2: The, the, in the, you say the South... It's uh, North
0: Carolina. North Carolina, East Coast. Like, they, I don't know of any brewery anywhere near where Interesting. I lived. Interesting. And so, for right. them, bars are like dives. Bar. Yeah. And you go to get sloshed so yeah. that you can make yeah. bad decisions. Whereas, like, oh, well, here, you know, I bring my kids. They're playing board games. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. having a yeah. beer. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Uh, but I forget that people, like, have that stigma there still, which is on
2: You, but, know, you know, in England... Uh, 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 pubs are all about darts mm-hmm. yeah that's what they do
1: i know like they we used, used to, to play <laughs> mahjong that's what we played that's where i learned to play darts
0: darts
2: do you know in in england the pubs were were set up so that you had the uh, the bar area and one side was carpeted for the upper class hmm. huh. and the other side was plain pipe rack for working class wow but they were all there together.
0: I thought you were gonna say carpet for kids to play on. that's
2: interesting. Still kidding. today, it's like that. Yeah, pretty but much. But that sort of becomes—it's I mean, a residue, but
1: right. That's what—that—that that becomes what you're talking about with with good neighbors, good neighborhoods. That's right. Right. There's a public space where everybody meets together. That's right. And you wouldn't go there and and
2: get drunk and no,
1: no, you, know, you be- wouldn't because your whole community's there to see you. But now I can
2: go home and do whatever I want in my our own house. Version, our version of that is Starbucks, except. Like this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we hate Starbucks. We like the local coffee. coffee, (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: great to be with you.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you uh, liked this podcast, you should rate us on the thingies. Send us money. Uh, Send us money, sure. Uh, (laughs) Or tune in more and uh, get on Facebook, Bastard Passers. You can interact with us there. Tell us your favorite bastard. Best. Uh, I don't Maybe know. send your pastor to come talk to us. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, your favorite bastard. You motherfuckers need Jesus.